TheYeshiva.net. Today's shir is dedicated by the Silber family in loving memory of Rabbi Sacher Doiv, Rebedo, Ben Reb Moshe Silber Zechrein Levracha, in honor of his yard site. Today, Chav Ches Tammuz, the 28th of Tammuz, Tehei Nishmos Eitzrura Betzrer Hachayim, and be a Gutebeta for the whole family, Betoiv Hanirav Anigla, Hashem should fulfill all of their heart's desires. B'toich klal Yisrael, amen kein Page 216, Gimel in your source sheets. This month that's coming up is the month of Menachem Av. What does Menachem Av mean? We comfort the Father. Like Just like on Tisha B'av, we say Menachem Tzien which means he, Hashem, comforts Tzion, he comforts Zion. Menachem Av means the month in which the Father is comforted. The Father is the recipient of the Nechama, of the solace, of the condolences of the comfort. Menachem Av, we comfort, or it comforts, of the Tata, the Father. Based on the idea that the Gemara says in Brachos, that Hashem weeps, and says, woe to a father, who has exiled his children and is alienated from his children. So the father is in pain, in agony. So we comfort, so to speak, Menachem of the the month that comforts the father. In parentheses, as an introduction, in in the first shir, there was a long discussion about how can we even give interpretations to the names of the months as though they were Hebrew words and were giving them significance in the Hebrew language, when our sages tell us that all the names of the months were taken from Babylon. When the Jews went down to Babylonia, they came back to with the names of the months, and they are Babylonian names. <coughs> and you could see in the comments, as I said, a list of all the names, the way they originated in Babylonia after a long discussion and different possibilities, the conclusion is that nonetheless we see that our sages did give interpretations to the months from a Hebrew perspective. For example, Nisan, they say, comes from the word Nisan, which means miracles, because it's the month of, the month of miracles. Here too you can say, it's a Babylonian name, why are you giving it significance? And the name of Nisan is because of a Babylonian meaning, not because of a Hebrew meaning. But nonetheless, and he offers different ways of interpreting this, the month, the names of the months have profound Torah significance in the language of the Jewish people, which is the holy language, the holy tongue, Lashon the fascinating thing is that Menachem of we focus on the fact that we comfort the father. Not that the father comforts the children. If the name would have been of Menachem, then the meaning would have been the father comforts of the father Menachem. He is one who offers comfort to the children, to those who need comfort. But the name is Menachem of, and we already established in the previous year, that both names are part of the month, and it's relevant to halacha about how you write a get and how you write documents, shtaris, where we write menachem of, and even if you just write menachem without of, it's still legal, as explained in the halachic authorities and the sources of halacha discussed in the previous class. So menachem of is not of menachem. Of menachem is the father comforts. Menachem of is, it comforts the father. The father is the recipient of the nacham. Now let's continue. Gimel. 
This will also explain. In the previous year, we quoted the Shalah that the parshias that we read during the weeks when something occurred in history is connected, are connected to that theme of the time. It's not just we read through the parishes and it goes through the calendar coincidentally. No. Hanukkah is connected to the parishes that we read during that time. So now we understand the connection between the month of Menachem and the parishes Matas Masse because this point that a Jew experiences and senses that the Nechama, the comfort that he or she wishes on himself and on all of us in this month is not just comfort for himself or herself. But on the contrary, primarily it's a comfort for him, for the father. That's the primary comfort. And we have to explain this because it doesn't seem to make sense. But when a Jew understands this, that that's the primary comfort, not just the comfort from me, but more importantly the comfort for him, and that's why that is the name of the month, not of Menachem, Menachem of, this point this remarkable point which is going to be developed is emphasized in Parshish Matas and Masay, which would therefore be very appropriate for the fact that Parshish Matas and Masay are either read in the Shabbos that blesses Menachem of, or like this year, they're read in the first Shabbos of Av, and this year actually on the first day of Av, which encompasses the whole month, Rish Chodeshav. In Parshish Matas, Vedet Selt, it's an amazing statement of our sages in the Medrash known as Sifri, which is the great commentary of the Chazal on the Sefer Bamidbar and Dvarim. In Matos, Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu that the Jews should engage in a battle against Midian. Midian had a genocidal plan to exterminate the Jewish people, physically, morally, and spiritually. And people don't realize that they were actually most successful from all the enemies in Chumash, Midian came close to a success story. According to Rashi, because of Midian, close to 200,000 Jews were killed. This was a unique genocidal plan of Midian. So God tells Moshe that the Jews should wage a battle against Midian. And his expression is, which means, take the vengeance of the Bnei Yisrael from the Midian. And when Moshe repeats the commandment, he says, God wants to take revenge against Midian. One second, Hashem said it's Nikmas Bnei Yisrael. Moshe changes it. When Moshe repeats the commandment, Moshe changes it. And I just, a parenthesis, I want to tell you, whenever you study something, whenever you study Chumash or any other holy text, it's important to notice these things. Don't gloss them over. Our sages were very sensitive to nuance. 
when Hashem tells the commandment and when Moshe repeats the commandment, there is a slight variation there. Why? Why didn't Moshe use the words of Hashem? This is the Nikmas Bnei Yisrael. This is vengeance on behalf of the Jews, not vengeance on behalf of God. So the Sifri says Moshe was telling the Jewish people something. This is not your own vengeance. This is the Nikmas Misha Amavayel, the one who spoke and the world came into existence. What do we see from here? Same idea of Menachem of. It's vengeance on behalf of the Jewish people, Moshe says. No, no, no. It's vengeance on behalf of God. It's not your own Nikama. You want to take Nikama. You want to fight those who are existing that want to destroy you. It's Nikmas Misha Hayavamavayel, you're doing it on behalf of Hashem. Just like here, Menachem of, you would think. We need to be comforted. We were exiled. We are the ones suffering in exile. We say, Menachem Av, we're comforting the Father. That's the connection to Matos. Al-Derech Zegifitman in Parshas Maseh. A similar theme we see in the second Parsha Maseh. The Pasuk Zakt, in Parshas Maseh, the Pasuk says, that's Numbers 35, verse 34, as he says in footnote 32. Speaks about the fact that we're not allowed to allow in our land there should be human abuse, murder, bloodshed, violence. Don't contaminate, don't defile the land, the holy land, God says, where I dwell. I dwell in it. Because remember, I, Hashem, dwell among the Jewish people. So don't contaminate, don't defile. Don't turn such a land where I dwell. I dwell in the land and I dwell in the Jewish people. Don't turn it into a place of filth and moral depravity and insensitivity. Shtetev dem in Sifri. So again, the Sifri gives a comment. Quote, The Jewish people are beloved because even though they're tummy, they're impure, the Shechina is among them. The Jews are beloved. Wherever they went into exile, the Shechina, the Divine Presence, came with them. When they will return, the Divine Presence will be with them. Thus, haste, what do we see from here? As the Indian Hagolus is not in the Fariden, what we see from here, the Sifri says in Parshas Masay, God says, when you're contaminating the land, and you're contaminating yourself, you're contaminating, so to speak, you're affecting me. Because I dwell in the land, and I dwell among the Jewish people. Comes as a free and says, even when the Jews are tummy, and they're impure, the Shechina is there. And even when the Jews go into exile, the Shechina is there. What do we see from here with the Sifri is saying? That the Galus is not just for the Jewish people. The Galus is also for the Shechina. Shechinta begalus. The divine presence is in Galus. And therefore, when there is redemption, it's not just a redemption for the Jewish people. It's a redemption for who? For the divine presence itself is also redeemed. This theme again is in Parshas Masay. I'm always with you. So when you're in exile, I'm in exile. When you're redeemed, I'm redeemed. And we understand that the redemption of the Shechina is even more significant than the redemption of the Jewish people. God himself being redeemed. So here again, the same theme of Menachem Av is expressed, not just in Matez, but also in Maseh. That it's not just we're comforting the children. We're actually comforting the father, who's also in exile. And not only that, we emphasize in the name only the comfort towards the father. 
as much more significant in the comfort of the children. Dalit, mendafa befashtein. All of this is fine, but it requires a basic understanding. In the Mnamen, Menachem of his Mudgush Blois, the Nacham of Farn of, and as Red Pachlani, the Mont in the Cham of Ayidin Farn Ben. And Afal Pekain is thus the Nomen from the Mchedish, where Red Ungerdu from the Rech Aliyidin. There's something very enigmatic here. The name, the title Menachem of, it comforts the father, emphasizes only comfort towards the father. There's no mention of the comfort for the child, for the Jewish people. And this is the name of the month, the way it is called by all of the Jewish people. Their name is, nobody calls it Av Menachem, we all call it Menachem Av, as he said in the beginning of the Sikh, as we spoke earlier, about the significance, about the fact that it's called Menachem and Av, and the significance of that and the meaning of that. Is nit verstandig? There's something amiss. Verstandig means understandable. It's nit verstandig. It's not understandable. There's something incomprehensible here. Then, as Volzachirat blows against Sadikim Gedolim, Vozeir Avoid is Norlitzerich Gavoya, Unzeitracht in the Berhaip Nit wegen sich, Afilu Nit Kedel Dovka by his Borich, is Verstandig as Bazei, Bashtay der Ingen Hagalus, and then was a Magish dem Gallus Hashim. If you're talking about only great tzaddikim, this is a name that has been accepted by very righteous, holy people. Their whole avoid, their purpose and their work in life is l'tzorich gavoy. L'tzorich gavoy means they think only about Hashem. They have absolutely no thought about themselves. There's no ego. There's no self-consciousness. There is absolute dedication on every level. To the point they don't even think about them connecting to Hashem. It's just about Hashem. As he says in 37, this discussion is in Tanya chapter 10. The Gemara says, Rajbi said, the Gemara says, Ra'isi b'nei aliyah vehemu otem. I saw b'nei aliyah. B'nei aliyah. He says, what are b'nei aliyah? Men of great stature of aliyah means very elevated from the word aliyah. Oila. So he says in Tanya, these are Jews that don't even think their Yiddishkeit is not even about their own dvekas. It's not even about my own relationship, my own connection. I want to be connected. Even though that's a tremendous quality, I want to be connected to you. But it's not even about that I want to be connected. You have those tzaddikim. It's only about Hashem. So I can understand that when they think about exile, what are they thinking about? Not their gullus. They're thinking about the gullus of Hashem. The Golis Hashkin. I understand that. So therefore, when they think about Menachem of, it's a month in which we wish ourselves comfort. They're thinking about the comfort for the Father because the pain, the Golis, what they feel is the Golis Hashkina. You're talking about great people that their entire Avoid is for the sake of Hashem. There's absolutely no I in the Avoid. You have those unique, unique souls in generations, unique people, Bnei Aliyah, Chazan Sevehemu, Atem, they're very few. So when they think about Galus, they're not thinking about their Galus. They're thinking about the suffering, the pain, the challenge for the Shechina. Afil, he continues, Afil, the Yidin, Vel Chahaltenit, by Dem Adrege, Fon Avoid, and Arlet Zerich Gavoya. Abe Beiker, Herzich, by Zerich Galus, Hashechina, and the Churben Haruchni, so 
There's another category of Jews. There the name Menachem of also makes sense. You have Jews. They may not be holding by this spiritual level where everything is only for Hashem. It's not even about their connection. It's not even about my connection, my dveik. It's only about Hashem. You have Jews, they may not be there, but they're very sensitive to the deeper layers of reality. They're very sensitive to ruchnius, to spirituality, to transcendence. So therefore, when they think of Golos, for them, at least the primary component of the void is the exile of the Shechina, the spiritual korban, the spiritual havoc and destruction that came as a result of Golos, the spiritual exile of the divine presence, that Hashem is in exile, like we say in the Musaf of Yom Tif, because of our sins, we have been exiled from our land. We can't ascend and be seen and bow down to you. In other words, what are they experiencing? They're experiencing the fact that the relationship with truth, the oneness in the universe is not revealed anymore. Godliness is not shining in the world. And godliness is not revealed in my own soul. I could learn Torah, but it's more, I do it. You know, I do it, I like the intellectual power aspect of it, or I do it by rote. I can do mitzvahs, but I do it. You know, it's part of my culture, my tradition. Sometimes I like it. Especially it's not felt in davening, lishtachavos. Lishtachavos means to bow down, to prostrate myself, which represents the whole avoid of davening. Especially in davening, the godliness is not experienced. That's what Golos HaShchina. Golos HaShchina means that the divine presence is in exile. In other words, the divine presence is locked up. It's confined. It's concealed. It's eclipsed. It's like sent into exile. It's not manifested. The truth is, Gula consciousness means that there's a oneness that pervades the entire universe, that you feel complete alignment, complete connection, complete oneness. What they're primarily mourning and grieving is that spiritual alienation, the misalignment between the core and the source of everything and my consciousness. As he says, That's the gullahs that they grieve because they're very sensitive to this. So this is already a second level of Jews. They may not be on the first level we spoke about people who think only about Hashem, not even about their own dveikas, but even people who think about their dveikas, but they're concerned with their dveikas. This means something. So by them I can understand the name Menachem Av. The name Menachem Av resonates. It's a month when we focus on comforting the Father. And he explains it, that we want to comfort the Father inside of me. The chelik elikami mal inside of me. Every soul is a chelik elikami mal, is a part of Hashem. In other words, every soul is part of the Father. The soul is, so to speak, a fragment of heaven, a ray of infinity, a piece of Hashem, a chelik elikami mal. So they appreciate that the focus of this month is Menachem of. I want to comfort, I want to offer solace to the Father. What about to me? So he says, 
He says, his expression, a very important, I'll call upon him in them, as I said, there's a father inside of me. That's my my soul, which is part of Hashem. That's the father. I'm comforting my soul. I'm comforting the divine that's inside of me. This is a Jew. Again, he may not be on the first highest level, but there's a Jew who's sensitive to the fact that his soul, his chelikalikamimal or her chelikalikamimal is in exile. It's not manifested. It's not fully revealed. There's toxicity. There's trauma that eclipses it. There's pain. There's anxiety. There's stress. There's fear. There's insecurity. There's not that sense of wholeness. There's an exile. There's shechina inside of me. So it is an exile. The Av, the father inside of me, needs comfort. So I understand why these Jews would call it Menachem Av, because they are deeply sensitive, at least when they speak about Golos, to the, to the spiritual destruction and alienation. But here comes the question. Menachem Av is not a name that was adopted by the Tzadikim of the generation, or even by the very sensitive Jews. the name Menachem Av is a name that was adopted by everybody, the Klal Yisrael, for every single Jew. And that means it has significance for every single Jew. How is it that we don't mention the comfort for the child? We only speak about the comfort for the father. So when you have a Jew who doesn't think about anything but Hashem, I get it. Even when you have a Jew who's really tuned in to the fact that the real gullus and the primary gullus and the most devastating gullus is the gullus of the Shechina, the Chelek Elekami Mal, the spiritual Churban, that I can't feel a lakus, I can't be one with godliness, I can't be because even if I bow down, my posture may physically prostrate itself. But that's prostrating itself where I become one, aligned, that there, that is missing. So I can understand the name Menachemov. But how can we say this about every single Jew? In every situation. And he says, we know, every person knows individually, that Jews experience the pain of Golos in a very literal, physical sense. For thousands of years, they have been under siege. They have been in captivity. They have often suffered terrible, terrible, terrible predicaments. Savage suffering. On a physical level, in a very physical way. God forbid, loss of life. And war and violence and bloodshed and anti-Semitism and hate and oppression. They had the yoke of various nations on their neck. Often nations and civilizations and cultures that mistreated them and abused them in horrible ways. Now, you're going to say, today, 
Jews live in a much more, thank God, we live in a Malchus Shal Chesed. But still, people have tzadis mitzadis. He says, there's the Mayim Rabbim. Mayim Rabbim is the multitudes of waters that come from the stress and the anxiety of making a living. And we're talking about physical stress, physical oppression, physical pain. People who are missing the needs of their body. People who are suffering because of their children, because of their health, because of their sustenance. And even if somebody is blessed with many things, he says it's still not revicha, it's still not with expansiveness, the way a Jew needs it. It should be with expansiveness. When people think about what's the pain there in life, what pain are you? You're having pain. People say, I'm in pain. And you'll ask them, what's going on? And people will tell you. My health, my stress, my mental state, my anxiety. I can't relax. I can't be normal. I don't know how to appreciate life. I don't know how to be present. I don't know how to be mindful. I'm scattered everywhere. I'm overwhelmed. Another person will tell you about how difficult it is in Parnassah to make ends meet. These are very physical, practical things. Another person is struggling with health or the health of a loved one. Another person is struggling with mental health, or mental health of a loved one. Another person is struggling with children, again, with their physical state, emotional state, mental state, psychological state. Never mind people that have experienced illness, and loss, and grieve the death of loved ones, of various tragedies that happen. So this is what people are feeling. This is what people are experiencing. You see how a Rebbe speaks. You see how a Rebbe speaks. So how is it that for all these Jews, we don't even mention the comfort of the child. We only mention the comfort of the father. Again, if everybody was a tzaddik, that they didn't feel themselves, they only felt God, or they primarily felt God's gullus, I understand. But he says, we know that by the regular Jew, the regular ordinary person, for whom Torah was given and for whom Yiddishkeit is real, and the, the, by the Rebbe, the name Menachem of is significant. No mention in this month of my comfort, of my pain, of my anxiety, of my stress, of my trauma. When people, that's how they experience Gullahs. First and foremost, I experience my difficulties, my challenges, my pain. So you say, stop thinking about yourself, think about God. It's very nice to say. <laughs> but the question is, where am I? Where am I? And he says, now, he emphasizes, every Jew has situations where you sometimes become very transcendent. But we're talking about every Jew in every situation. And people are hurt. People are hurt by the pain of their experiences in life. Each person in their own way. People have very, very, people have challenging and difficult lives. And even today, the Sikha was said in Tavshin Membeis, 1982. The Rebbe himself went through the horrors of Stalinist Russia. He escaped Hitler at the last moment. He escaped France and came to America, lost much of his family in Russia and the Holocaust. That generation suffered in ways that we can't even imagine. But even later, he's talking now, in the, this Sikha was said in 1982, Tavshin Membeis, Matas Masa, and it was printed, I think, the next year or two years later. People are experiencing pain. People who still experience gullus and anti-Semitism or death. And all types of challenges, whether it's in their marriage, in their personal life, in their familial life, in their financial life, etc. And we don't make mention of this. 
Menachemov, let's comfort the father. What about me? Chopped liver? What about me? What about us? No mention. So he says, what is the meaning that for all of Klal Yisrael, the name of this month and the name captures the zeitgeist of the month is Menachemov. We comfort the father. That's the Rebbe's question. Hey, wenn man das verstehen, behaktet was man gefindet, all der Rechzen, der Minion hat viele. To understand this, we need to introduce a similar theme that we find in Davening. It says, Yedua, the Torah von Magid, Afen Pos, Afen Maimach, Hazal, Ein, Oim, Den Lispalel, Ela, Metech, Koivet, Roish. There's an incredible teaching of the Magid of Mezrich, on the Mishnah in the beginning of the fifth chapter of Brachas. Now, who was the Magad of Mizrich? I'm just going to remind you. The Magad of Mizrich was the successor of the Balshemtiv. The Balshemtiv was the founder of the Hasidic movement, and the Magad of Mizrich was the Rebbe of the second generation of Hasidus. The Balshemtiv passed away, Shvu, 1760. And a year later, the Magid succeeded the Balshamtiv, and he led the young, fledgling movement of Hasidus for the next 12 years until his passing in 1772. The Magid, like the Balshamtiv, didn't write down his own teachings, but the students wrote down the teachings. So you see, in 41, he gives the footnote where this teaching is. The Mishnah opens up the fifth chapter of Brachas, which means one may not stand up and begin to pray only from an approach of Rosh. Rashi says, what is Rosh? Literally, Rosh means a heavy head. Like the head is, is heavy. What does this mean? What does it mean the head is heavy? It means, it's an expression, it's a euphemism. Rashi says, from a place of submission, from a place of surrender. I can't daven from a place of self-inflation and haughtiness and arrogance. It's like when the head is heavy, so therefore it goes down because it's heavy. It's, it's, it's just a metaphor for a, a place of, of submission. There is a seriousness. There's a sincerity. There's a realization that I'm in a relationship with the Creator who's above me. That's the idea. And then the Mishnah continues how the Hasidim Harishonim, the pious men of yore, used to uh, meditate for an hour before they daven each Shmoyna Esra. Shacharis, Mincha, Mayriv, and the Gemara explains that they spent nine hours a day in meditation. Because before Shmoyna Esra an hour, and then afterwards an hour. So that was three hours for every davening. So three hours in each prayer, it's nine hours a day in mindfulness and meditation. Incredible. Comes the Magid and he says, what's the meaning in endless palm tech It could have said daven with subservience, with submission, with achna. Koivid roish means literally the heavy head. You daven with a heavy head. Says the Magid, as mendaf mispalos, I nitzalib dem egenem chisarim. In the Egenitz Rachim, nor if them chisarin in Reisha the Chol Reishin, for says felt kivayachel in the Shchina, 
ואף שמבקש בקושי סורכי עצמוי, יהיה כוונוסי שלא יחסר הדובר לאלך חס ושלום. כי הנשומה היא חלק אלכה ממעל, והיא עבר מעברי השכינה, וזהו איכנה בקושי שימולו ויושפו לאלה. וואו. The Maggit says, there's a deeper meaning here. אין אוימדן להספלל, I don't get up to דאבן, אלא מתוך כויבד ראש. From the awareness of כויבד ראש. What's כויבד ראש? He says, don't daven for your own voids. I'm not supposed to daven for my own chisorin. The fact that the various needs and necessities I have are missing. No. Daven for the void in the roish, in the head of all heads, in the source of all consciousness. Daven for that which is missing in the shechina. In the divine presence. So what do you mean? Look at davening. We daven for ourselves. I daven for wisdom. I daven for repentance. I daven for emancipation. I daven for health. I daven for sustenance. I daven for redemption. Or whatever else I'm davening for. Says the Magad, even if you're asking for your own needs, your intention, your mindset should be that this thing shouldn't be missing by God. Because a neshama is a chelik alikamimah. Every soul is a part of Hashem. You're a limb of the Shekhinah. Imagine the Shekhinah as a divine organism. And each of us is one limb, one part of that divine organism. Like a limb of the Shekhinah. So if you're missing something, the Shekhinah is missing something. Because we're all part of God. So if you're missing something, so to speak, the Shekhinah is missing it. That's what you should be asking for. You're, a- you're asking it and it should be filled and given la'ela. The Shekhinah should not be missing it. Because again, every single one of us is a limb of the Shekhinah. Just like a person's biological organism is made up of many different limbs and organs and bones and sinews and tissue and components and 27 or 50 trillion cells, whatever the number is, I'm not sure they know. And each one is an important component in the continuous life of this organism. So spiritually, each of us is a limb of the Shekhinah, of the Divine Presence. That's what we say, that every person's consciousness and soul is a chelik elikamima. Says the Magad, this is what our sages are saying in the Mishnah and Brachas chapter 5. You should feel the koivad, the heaviness, the void in the roish. Roish means in the head. What do we mean in the head? In the source of everything. Just like the head of a person, in the brain. You have the entire body encompassed in the brain. The central nervous system of the brain encompasses every single aspect of the body. Nothing happens in the body if it doesn't first happen in the brain. It's directed by the brain. It's organized and coordinated by the brain. All the pain we feel in the brain. What's the brain of the world? What's the roish of the world? What's the brain of the world? The coordination system, the central nervous system, and the source of life and vitality, that's the divine, the shekhinah. That's called reisha the choration, the head above all heads. So when I'm davening, it should be of experiencing the heaviness in the head, in the brain. The fact that when I'm missing something, the brain of the world is missing something. Because I'm part of it. It's like, God forbid, if somebody gets a little boo-boo in his finger, or her finger, where do you feel the pain? You feel the pain 
I'm feeling it. It seems like I'm feeling it in the finger, but of course it's the brain that feels it. It's the brain that experiences everything because every single part of the body, even the smallest, is part of the brain. If I stub my toe, I'm like, ow! The brain doesn't say, oh, you're just a little toe. Leave me alone. (laughs) You're just a little toe. What do I know about you? The brain's like, ow! It hurts because the toe is part of me. The toe is part of me. Every single person, every single neshama, no matter who, is an aver from the aver hashchina. It's a limb of the shchina. So when the toe is missing something, when a finger is missing something, when the arm is missing something, the leg is missing something, the stomach, the abdomen, the liver, the kidney, the pancreas, whatever it is, the rosh, it affects the head. That's why we need that flow of energy from the brain coming down throughout all of the limbs of the body, coming down through all, into all the limbs of the body. It should be a seamless flow. So when I'm experiencing a void, it's not just I'm experiencing a void. The Shekhinah is experiencing a void. Says the Magid, in Oymden Lispal when you daven, it's for Koyved Rosh, it's because the Rosh is heavy. It's because the Rosh doesn't have what it needs. It's because the Rosh is suffering. Don't daven for yourself, he says. Your kavana is, the Shekhinah should have what it needs. Asks the Rebbe, is Eichendem nitfashtanik al Here again, we have the same question that we asked about Menachem of versus of Menachem. We have here about this teaching of the Magad. Di was halten by the Darg. As tzarche atzmoi zayn nitoifes makem. Obemeile filin zayn nitzayn eginem chisarin al kalpanem nitalz iker. Is fashtanik azay tfil azay vdem chisarin la'ela. I understand when you're talking about Jews who are in a state of consciousness that their own needs don't really occupy any significance. So when they get up to Davin, they're not really mindful of their own needs. Even if they are, it's not the primary issue. So therefore when they're Davening, what are they Davening for? They're Davening for God. They're Davening for the Shekhinah. They realize that they're part of the Shechina, so they may not even be aware of their own needs, of their own meaning. They may not be aware of what they're missing. They're not conscious of it. It's not what they're feeling because they see themselves as simply ambassadors of the divine. Even if they do, that's not their primary experience. Their primary experience is, is that Hashem is missing something. That's their state of consciousness. So you understand, the Magad is speaking to a, such a Jew and he says, you get up to Davin. What should you be thinking about? You should be thinking about the real needs. What are the real needs? God's needs. But the Rebbe says, by most Jews, that's not the case. By most Jews, if you ask a person, what are your needs? And the answer is, what my body needs, what my physical life needs. And my body means my physical space, my psychological, my mental, my emotional. 
and these occupy a, the, a very significant place in my life. And this is not a bad thing. This is, this is human nature. This is part of a human being. I'm feeling all the challenges. I may have pain in my body. I may have pain in my chest. I may have pain in my heart. I may have pain in my head, pain in my life, pain in my family, pain in my various situations. And you're talking here about a good committed Jew. And this gives me distress. Semachtem eng, eng means it distresses me and it overwhelms me and it confuses me and it stresses me out and it doesn't allow me to learn the way I could learn with full depth. It confuses and overwhelms and disturbs my full performance of mitzvahs. So then there's a mitzvah to daven to Hashem for your needs. The mitzvah of davening is that Hashem should fulfill what I need. That's the mitzvah. As he says in footnote 46, the Rambam and Hilchis Tefillah, Perik Alev, the first chapter, Halacha Bey says, what's the mitzvah of davening? I ask for the needs that I need. That's the mitzvah. Not to ask Hashem for things that I don't need. I mean, you can ask. But the main mitzvah of davening is that when I have a need, I turn to God and I say, please, please help me fulfill this need. That's what the Rambam defines tefillah as. So if I'm having something, a need, and I feel the need and it's mine, it's not God's need. So the Maggid is saying you should know that your need is God's need. And don't focus on you, focus on God. The Rebbe says, one second. But what if I feel this need as my need? <laughs> the mitzvah is I should daven to Hashem for what I need. I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing my physical need, my psychological need. I'm sorry, I'm not in a state where I'm experiencing God's need because I'm a limb of God. So how can the Maga tell me that a person should not daven for his own needs? The Mishnah says, do not get up to daven unless you're focusing on Hashem. You're focusing on the void of Reisha Dechol Reisha. That's not really how davening works. And if you tell that to a person, as I say, you know what? I'm not really focusing now on God's needs. I, I'm, not, I'm not really relating to that. I'm relating to mine. So halachically, you have a mitzvah to daven for your needs. What then does the maggot mean? If he was talking to certain unique, exceptional Jews who really, they don't feel their need, or they don't primarily feel their need. They feel it as a divine need. I got it. That's your need. Your need is God's needs. I got it. So daven for that. But he's talking to every Jew. This is a mission addressed to every Jew. How does the ordinary Jew relate to this teaching of the maggot? What did he mean by this? You see, it's a similar question to Menachem of. You have a Jew who focuses on Golos as the Golos of the Father. We have to comfort the Father. It's the Father's Golos. I get it. So we speak only about the solace that the Father needs. It's like I'm davening for my Father's needs. But the regular Jew, Golos is defined in terms of my pain, of my anxiety, of our pain, of our anxiety, in a very concrete and physical way. Why don't we mention the comfort to the child? We're going to take a break here. Tomorrow we're going to have a shir, Reb Aaron, based on your request. And since I don't want no mamish interrupt this for so many days, it's very heavy and intense, and especially we're going to come to the answer. Wishing you all a beautiful day. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. 
make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.